This podcast is brought to you by Anchor. Are you thinking about doing your own podcast, but you don't know how? Well, have you heard about Anchor? It's actually the platform that I'm hosting through this right now. And yes, it's free. Not only is it free, it's super easy to use. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so much more. It's really that easy. And guess what? You can actually make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. That's a big deal. So it's really everything you need in one place to make an amazing podcast. All you have to do is download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. In five, four, three, two, one. Welcome back to Genius Bane Podcast. I'm your host, Bose Bosington. I'm joined by a special guest, David So. <laughs> <laughs> you fucking tiny ass little girl. You fit right into that seat. Sorry, David. No, no, no. Please introduce your show. No, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> you, you really looked at me. You were like, this, like, she really about to dude, do this. She brought out her fucking NPR voice and everything. <laughs> no, this is my Sniffles voice. Uh, this is, this podcast it will actually be uh, ASMR Sniffles. Sometimes though, too, like I feel like I do this honking thing when I'm talking, so I apologize in advance. What do you mean honking? Like, <laughs> like that it happens because it goes into my nose. Really? Yeah. I'm forewarning you. Well, I'll tell you this. Everybody has been wanting you back on this channel since you first came on. <laughs> really? You fucking made uh, Dave Chappelle, by the way. Oh, yes. You I, stupid oh bitch. I was so upset. God. I was so upset. Yeah. Ugh. What was it like? What's his hands feel like? Okay. What's so, his smell like? So this is what, dude, I, I don't think I told you this either. So, yeah, I met Dave Chappelle the other day and like I just, I grew up, we all grew up watching Chappelle show. Yeah. And uh, so I knew my boss was very close friends with them. I mean, they're like tight, tight. I knew that, but it just, the, the, on this day, it was not crossing my mind. So I'm coming in from my lunch break, and my boss is in the lobby, and he's never in the lobby. Like, he's always busy. And he's like, oh, hey, uh, I want you to meet uh, Jonathan. And I'm like, oh, hey. And this was a guy that had used to work in our department, and yeah. I would heard his name a thousand times. I was excited to meet him. I was like, oh, Jonathan, wow, hey, talk to him for a minute. And my boss is like, hey, uh, I want you to meet Jeremy. And I'm like, oh, hey, Jeremy, uh, good to see you. Just coming back from lunch. I need to get back to my desk, get to work. And I'm about to walk off, and then my boss is like, Oh, have you met Dave? And I'm like, hey, I'm in, in this bald, beautiful black man turns around and it is Dave Chappelle. And so like after meeting two people that were just office people, when I heard Dave and he just called him by the name Dave, I'm thinking this is going to be Dave Wickerworth. Yeah. <laughs> Dave Schwartz. And he just turns around and my ass was like, <laughs> like visibly jarred because like this man was like my childhood. And then he was like. Hey, how you doing? I'm Dave. And I'm like, bitch, I know. <laughs> yeah, I know and then I'm you Dave. slowly got on your knees I, and you grabbed his butt cheeks. I, I, and and I was like, said, let me just hold you close. <laughs> Thank you for everything. <laughs> but I mean, I sugar. Oh, hey. <laughs> and then I went upstairs. I was pacing around back and forth and shit. And then um, he goes, he does his meeting. And then he comes back into our office. And like, I have a shared office with somebody else. Um, and you and- told him to get the fuck out that you made passionate love to him. <laughs> 
Uh, you know, I, I did. There was buzz around the office that Dave Chappelle was in our, our room because he came in and he was just talking to us. He was just shooting the shit. Like he was talking about Kanye West and talking about, well, my because my coworker had asked about that. He was talking about cancel culture. He was talking about like one of his specials, like why he couldn't smoke during it. He was just talking to us like a normal ass person. And I was like, Am I really at a point in my life where I'm in the same room as Dave Chappelle and just having a conversation? Absorbing knowledge? Dude. And like at at one point I said some shit and he laughed and I was like, I made Dave Chappelle laugh. (laughs) I was like, this this is it. This happened. Dude, once you made Dave Chappelle laugh, you're pretty much good to go. It's over. It's over. I mean, it was a light chuckle. Like I'm not going to take like a full body, wholehearted (laughs) laugh. But like. Hey, man. He he smiled. Oh, man. Damn, that's fucking crazy. Yeah. It was honestly like it sounds weird, but it's almost like. I don't. I don't want to be like whack, but like it's kind of like a powerful thing because this is a person that I grew up watching, and now I'm just shooting the shit with you. Like even if it is for 15 minutes, it kind of reminds you like you're you here now. Called me that much. Excuse me, Mr. Dave. That's because <laughs> that's what I would call Mr. Dave, not even Mrs. Chappelle. <laughs> Mr. Dave. Excuse me, Mr. Dave. Uh, I need you to stay here for 15 minutes because I have a friend who's gonna run here. <laughs> Right now, not even get in an Uber. I'm just gonna run, and I'm gonna be there in 15 fucking minutes, dude, guys. And like, I, David, and I talk occasionally, like occasionally, like once a month, twice a month, maybe. We talk pretty frequently. I mean, oh no, actually, now I feel like it's been at least once every two weeks, and it's like a full on phone call. I'm like, David, and you're like, yes, (laughs) but. David was the first fucking person I texted. <laughs> I almost the, shit bricks. The first person before my mother, before my brother, <laughs> before my cousins, David first. Because I wanted to flex on you. <laughs> she knows how much I love Dave Chappelle. Like yeah. if I, you know, one of the biggest reasons why I, I think like, I don't want to say I fell out of love for stand up, but I kind of did was because like. When you do things, you don't ever have to be the top of everything, right? I, I, that's a goal that I like. But to say that, I, I just never could see myself doing stand-up as well of like, as like Dave Chappelle. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. for me, it was discouraging. Not because like I, I want to be – not because you have to do that with everything that you do. But for me, it's like if I can never reach a level to something as similar to his, then for me, it's like a pointless craft. It's just more like I'll do it for fun. Hmm. But I like I see him and I see him work. And it's pretty amazing. And I know that some people like who aren't that big of Dave Chappelle fans, they can't see it because his stand-up to me is like somebody who has crafted his – who has honed his craft so well that it just sounds like your friend is talking to you on stage. Yeah. And then you don't even see a setup It's coming. effortless. It's fucking effortless. And, I'm like, how do you do that? Because I don't sound like that when I You know stand-up. what though too? I think it's because we get so caught up in like the, the YouTube world and like the digital media of like what's your brand? And like yeah. got to stay true to my brand. And his brand is himself. I think he 100% knows who he is. I think his brand is just Dave. And he's just talking. Yeah. Like, he's really just talking. His delivery is himself. His, his... delivery is great. Oh, yeah. You know, and I remember, too, because I just watched, like, this old stand-up set of mine from, like, 10 years ago, right? And it was it was the first time I did stand-up in, like, a couple years, right? And I hadn't done it in so long. And I wanted – this is when I first came out to L.A. I was like, yo, let me just do this. Like, whatever. Let's, let's, let's get these fucking wheels greased up again because I was doing YouTube. And so I was like, let's go back in the stand-up again. And so that day I heard Bill Burr was in the house. Fucking worst experience of my life because I was so nervous now because I love Bill Burr. There's two com- comics that I fucking love. It's it's Bill Burr and Dave Chappelle. So those two are my top favorites. And Bill Burr was at the comedy club. Mm. And I had, a, I had a perform. And I remember 
it's recorded too. I was so fucking nervous. I was just blasting through my jokes because oh. it felt like I was going to throw up. Oh my god! Because I was I was confident up until the point they the, told me Bill Burr was there, the, and he's just looking right at you like. And I was and, like, and, and it's like the most brutally honest comedian. I was like, why? Why out of all days, after like two years of taking a hiatus, would Bill Burr have to be here? And I remember through that whole set, like I started grabbing my pants because I was trying to prevent myself from throwing up because I had to put grip on something. And it just kept flying through these jokes without any real setup. And I and I was so pissed because I was like, why out of all days did you have to come now? The one time that I haven't done stand-up in so long and you would have to be here. And it was so mortifying. I didn't do bad. But when I look back at that clip, I, I thought it was the worst set ever. But people were cracking up. I mean, I, I don't know, David. That's how, that sucks cock. Yeah, that, <laughs> being front and center, yeah, just judging. I was fucking like, I was dying. And it sucks too because like now, and you know, just to go right back to the Dave Chappelle thing, when I watch something like that, you could tell that I'm just trying to tell a joke rather than just be a funny guy. Mm. And that's the thing that Dave does so well. Yeah. You know, Mr. Dave. Mr. Dave. Does Mr. Has, Mr. Dave. From now on, we will only refer to him as Mr. Yeah, Dave. Dude, Mr. That's when you know when you respect somebody when their first name is their last name. <laughs> like, Mr. Dave. <laughs> well, I call you Brother David all the time. Uh, Brother David. <laughs> but I'm here, Brother David. I know. <laughs> I'm, I'm prophetic in that sense. That's what I do. <laughs> Yeah, man, but Dave Chappelle, when he tells those jokes, oh, that shit gets my spirit. And I'm like, damn, dude, how you do it so effortlessly? Because everybody else, when I see them do stand-up sometimes, I'm like, I could tell you're trying to do a setup. Like, it feels like, have you ever, you, you know when? It's like, oh, man, like, I think I've heard this trope a million times. But then when Dave talks, it's like, this is just one funny fucking dude. Yeah, man. yeah. And I feel like, and like, when you're around him, like, he's he's just like a deep thinker. Like, and you, yeah. you really feel that. Now, if Dave Chappelle told me to suck his dick, I just... All right. I, I was slowly, <laughs> I was slowly get on my knees. He's like, "What are you doing?" He's like, "I'm gonna suck your dick." He's like, "I never asked you to." But sir, but Mr. Dave, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a man of my word. Now, David, I, I want to like change gears for a minute here. Okay. You know, you, I hate to hijack your show, but as you know, I don't have my own platform. <laughs> so David's Coming platform soon. is my platform. Actually, I'll, I'll probably I may have a platform soon. Coming soon. Um. I want to switch gears here, David. <laughs> switch them gears. I want to switch these gears. Um, I want to talk about something a little sensitive, but I love sensitive. Oh, I, I I knew this was the right place for this, David. As you know, I am from Virginia. I was like, I am black. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I had no idea. <laughs> I am. I'm like nervous about even talking like about this because like I might get fucking killed. Oh, you'll be fine. I might get fucking killed. Oh, no, welcome to the show then. Everybody <laughs> tries to kill me. I like actually got nervous for a minute. Okay. So <laughs> since I've moved out to LA, sometimes when I talk about how people are mm -hmm. back home, people are like, that's not possible. Like a lot of times when people talk about racism, they're like, how could, how could you be so small minded? How could you think this? How could you? And I'm like, there really are people that are have a completely different mentality than oh, you. Oh, yeah, 100%. Um, and actually, when I was on Tim's podcast, I talked about um, a, like, particularly racist uh, guy that I that I kind of dated for a while. Like, he, it was like, like... he hated black people and he dated you? I mean, he was never, like, racist towards me, but, like, I knew he had a Confederate flag somewhere in his house. <laughs> I, like, I knew it. He's like you a know? glutton for punishment. Like, I mean, like, trucks, guns, living out in the country, all that. So this this guy in particular, sometimes he posts some very concerning things on Facebook. One of the things that I mentioned on Tim's podcast was he was this guy that had done this post. He's like a 
he's obsessed with the Civil War. And he had done <laughs> okay. this. Yeah, yeah. It's This is getting like, it's we like. should have won. Yeah, literally. Li- you know what he said one time? He said that, he said the South would have won if they had more reserves. Like that, that's, yeah, th- this guy. And so I get on Facebook the other day and he had made this post. Um, I guess with everyone talking about gun control these days mm-hmm. and like, that's kind of what I wanted to bring up because everyone's like gun control. Well, we should just get rid of these guns. Like we yeah. just ban them, you know? And I, I agree with that, but there was something in the back of my mind that was like, these people are not going to just turn in their guns for money. Oh, a hundred percent. That's why the whole take away everybody's gun in the United States doesn't make sense because it's never going to happen. It, it, People and so everyone that's talking about gun control now, gun control now, gun control now. I really want to remind people and open your eyes of the other issue of I, I hate to say it, but the possibility of retaliation with how angry these people may be. Oh, for sure. So this guy made this post and this says, I'm gonna skip a little bit. He said, I've created a militia page for the the region of Virginia to protect our unalienable rights. We did not discriminate on age, ethnicity, or gender. All able-bodied individuals are welcome. We will be conducting firearms training, tactical training, meetings, events, slash rallies weekly once we have things in order. For the direction, oh, I'm sorry, for any of my friends that care about your country and the direction it is going, or simply your gun ownership, please join this page I've started. You don't have to come out to train with us, but it'll be greatly appreciated. We will also work together to train with other militias in the nation, in the state, and in the state to preserve our constitutional rights. If things turn south with the current legislation, we will protect our gun ownership at all costs. The... And I looked, and the page is very popular. It's very popular. The, yeah. Like, th- this is not a fucking joke. Like, Oh, for sure. Th- they're starting a militia to protect their gun. Like, bitch, what the fuck? I'm scared. Well, you know what the thing is about that, too. And I think for anybody who listens to this that's outside of the United States, I think it's really hard for people to grasp how much gun ownership has been ingrained into the culture of Americans. Like, it's almost like if you don't own a gun, you are not American. Mm -hmm. That is how connected people are to their firearms over here. So when people have solutions for gun control, now, I'm not as well-versed in this as Joe is, right? Um, But just from the stuff that I've read and I've researched about here, you know, here and there when Joe would talk about it, to, to, for somebody to come up and say, hey, the way for us to get rid of guns in the United States is to take everybody's firearms. And to that, I say, good fucking luck. luck. Good fucking luck. Would you think you're going to show up and then take take everybody's guns? Motherfucker, there are so many illegal firearms in this. For example, when I was 14, I had two Glocks, right? So it's like, (laughs) so uh, I had two guns, right? I wasn't registered. One time I shot a gun and I cried. (laughs) That's just powerful, dude. I paid money to be on the range and I didn't even want the refund. I just let. I had two Glocks. didn't know how to use it. Right. It's just, you know, the older homie was like, hey, just in case you need this. I'm like, just in case for what? What are we doing? <laughs> I'm like, oh my God. What are we doing? Yeah. I'm going to a bonds. Like, what do I need this for? Who are we robbing? You know, but for protection, David. But, you know, I don't want to be like a little bitch. And I'm like, yeah, I need this. And I would take it. And then I would take the gun in the most bitch way possible. I have my pinky out <laughs> and I would hold it like it was a hot, hot potato chip. <laughs> I'm like, oh, shit. Thanks, man. I got this. But, you know, I, it was that easy for me to get a gun at, at the age of 14. 
You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, you know, for somebody to have a solution to say we're going to take all guns and then follow suit of these other countries who, by the way, are way smaller than this country, right? Not as vast. Just just for example alone, California and Texas can be its own country with our population yeah. and the infrastructure if they want it, right? This podcast is brought to you by Vistaprint, my friends. Now, have you ever received a card that's customized? A gift that's customized? <sighs> It feels great, doesn't it? It shows that they have effort. It shows that they love you. It shows that they didn't just get something off a shelf, wrap it up, and just toss it in your face for the holidays. When it's unique to you and when they made it from their heart, it feels great. It adds a little little touch of holiday love, right? A picture of them, a family, or even their dog. It feels more personal personal. It's, I said personable. It's more memorable and it means more to receive it. Well, my friends, check it out. No matter where you'll be during your time off, whether it's skiing, hanging out at beaches or settling in at home with your loved ones, nothing says happy holidays like custom cards, calendars, and photo gifts from Vista Print. And it's awesome how you can do it, man. When you go there, You can pick a shape like square or rounded corners, folded or flat, and then choose one of Vista Prince designs. They got everything from fun and festive to gorgeous eye-catching looks. Next, you can put your favorite picture right there on most of the options and even upload a great shot right from your phone. Then all you have to do is just figure out how many you need and order them with time to spare. Your satisfaction is 100% guaranteed or they'll make it right either by reprinting your order or offering a refund. So this season, make more merry at vistaprint.com with up to 50% off all holiday cards and photo calendars plus great deals on photo gifts at vistaprint.com. Just enter promo code BRAIN50. That's vistaprint.com, promo code BRAIN50. The offer expires January 5th. Dems is facts, bitch. So, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You're, it's going to take five Connecticut to make one California. <laughs> yeah. So if you're trying to take away guns from these type of people who love their guns, it's not going to happen, Especially right? Texas. Oh, oh. And, and, you know, kind of the way that I see it is um, everyone has a way that they uh, kind of – everyone has a place that they draw their power from. Um, like I as – I've never owned a gun before Um, in order to feel like protected and confident in myself. You know, I've had to develop power and confidence in other ways. But if somebody was like raised at 15 with a gun and they feel protected by this gun, this is now kind of a place where they draw Mm. their power from. Yeah. And they haven't had to find other methods of this. And so when you just take that away, now that person feels naked and they feel defenseless and they will do anything and everything to retain that power. And that's what's a little scary, because if that gun is part of somebody's identity, they're not going to just turn it in for 50 bucks. They're going to retaliate. Oh, for sure. And and like and it sucks because other countries don't have to deal with this same mentality that we created because of the freedom and not only the freedom, but the glorification of guns because guns symbolize power. They Mm -hmm. even look scary. Yeah. Like, like an assault rifle. It looks fucking scary. Yeah. You know? And and that's, I I don't, I don't know. It's kind of. Guns are fucking frightening, man. Like even I I had a buddy who lived out in uh, like Tacoma, Washington at the time. And his parents own uh, a liquor store gas station. And <laughs> this fool, he was like, yo, he goes, okay, I saw you, you know, you're doing Muay Thai and Jiu-Jitsu and stuff, right? He goes, what do you think I should take in order to like defend myself in case somebody comes to the store and tries to rob me? I was like, cool. I want you to go to a Jiu-Jitsu store, right? And then right next to it is a gun store. <laughs> 
I want you, I want you to go to the gun store and go buy a gun. You dumb fuck. What do you mean? Like, is jujitsu going to teach you how to crouch and jump over the counter? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, were you going to catch a bullet with the fucking chokehold and shit? Yeah. No, fuck, bro. Go get a fucking gun, right? Yeah. And like, even for me, like, I, uh, I'm i scared of guns. You know, I know how to use one. I know, you know, all the other shit just because Bart and Joe taught me. Um, doesn't change the fact that I'm not scared of it. It's a, it's a fucking lethal yeah. weapon. Like, I'm still scared of shit, but at least I know how to use it. And I know that, you know, straight up, get a gun. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, Jesus Christ. <laughs> but, I mean, yeah, it's um because we do, in my opinion, obviously, we have a huge fucking problem with not only guns, but also something that I'm, like, very adamant about is, like, the media's glorification of certain things. Um, you know, when some kind of shooting happens, for a while, the person's name and their story was posted all over the internet. Yeah. So these people that felt like a nobody, they could finally become a somebody by doing something. You could be infamous. It was the fastest way to infamy. And now you feel like more people know who you are. And that's all you ever wanted. Or that's what you think you want. You know, you you want to be known. You want to be heard. But then, you know, these people that are in the situation, they're like, wait, this isn't what I wanted. This isn't fame. I'm not happy. Yeah. And it's like, well, you fucking did what you did at this point. Yeah. But I mean, they're confu- a lot of them confused teenagers, confused young men, lonely people that just had the wrong perspective. But what happens is, is the media blows this up and it teaches some kid watching like you feel like a nobody, but you can be a somebody. Go get a gun and Yo, walk into a public place. Remember the uh, remember like nobody remembers the fucking MIT dude, the one that <laughs> shot up every the Korean guy. Oh, 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 in uh, D.C. or it was in Virginia, I think. It was in Virginia. Yeah. Is MIT in Virginia? Yeah. Then it is in Virginia. Yeah. I don't know shit about anything outside of California. But yeah, you know, him too. I think, what, he was like bullied or some shit like that. Yeah. And then his, <laughs> I mean, this is not funny, but it was funny because he was taking a bunch of pictures with him with a hammer and shit. Yeah, like with the gu- because he drew his power from that weapon. Yeah, he was like. <laughs> dude like, this motherfucker had Polaroids <laughs> and he put totally what did he, and what did he do he sent them to a news station yep and they gave him all of the attention that he wanted I was when I watched that shit I, I started cracking up a little bit not because the situation was terrible but it was the fact that was I, felt like, up I shit. felt like he took all these photos he was like mm, not good enough <laughs> oh, <damn. laughs> he's not good enough Oh, I don't like uh, I don't like the lighting on this face. Oh my! And so he's like trying different. Like maybe if I have an elbow a little higher, <laughs> maybe like this. I was, I was like cracking up a little bit. <laughs> oh, I'm just rolled a little bit. I'm fucking eat you. Like I'm over here. That I'm like all serious, and I'm like gun control. And Dave is like, <laughs> he he needed the lighting. I just pictured him off to the side, putting like some foundation on his face. Oh you know, my! Little, little K-pop style. You know what I mean? Just got like, a little zit. I don't zip. know. A, I gotta make sure if I'm gonna go out, it's gonna be a good one. Oh yeah? my fucking <laughs> god, <laughs> David! But you know, that's that's the funny thing though. Like, I think if a lot anybody who hasn't been uh, bullied before or pushed into a corner. They don't know why somebody would do something like that. Right? Oh, yeah. Like, I know a lot of people that should have gotten bullied at yeah. least once or twice. You know, it kind of changes your perspective a lot. Like this kid, I don't know what the hell he went through, but he was an Asian immigrant. Or I'm not sure if he was an immigrant, but he was an Asian kid in Virginia, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. A little, some racist white people probably made a few jokes at him. A few? Maybe I, a few thousands. I literally cannot, like out of every school I went to, I think I remember one Asian guy. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. And, you know, so he was like that oddball out and it was probably hard for him to deal with that shit. Yeah. And the funny thing is like you feel like when you push somebody to a corner, they're not going to do something. If you see animals and you push them to a corner, no matter how weak you you think that they are, yep. they show their teeth. Absolutely. And that's Absolutely. what you do to people. 
absolutely. Like at first, you like you could run up on a rabbit, and at first it'll like keep running away. Mm-hmm. But like I don't know, motherfucker might bite you. Ridiculous. Yeah, they. Oh, I gotta blow my nose. Damn. Go ahead, do it. This is gonna go into that fucking weird uh, Reddit page with a bunch of all the JK girls. Just do it real slow, and then look into the camera and go. You like that? <laughs> <laughs> I saw that uh, that fucking Reddit page once, and that shit is Dude. one of the. Funniest things. Oh, you know I've what the funniest thing life. about it is? What? It's all tiff. It's it's literally ninety percent. Oh, tiff. really? Oh my god, it is. Like, dude, and I was telling her about this shit too because I'm like, I'm sitting here thinking, I'm like, Geo smoking hot, Nikki smoking hot, Julia smoking hot, fucking Jess pretty hot too. But you know, like, the whole thing is tiff. It's I mean, it tiff definitely has and to those be... big old milkers. <laughs> 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 And like there's, you know, there's, and the thing is, is that like, I don't see it because like, I was like scrolling through this shit because I, f- I just found this like two weeks ago and I was looking through it and I was like, oh, that's a picture of Tiff. Oh, that's a picture of Tiff. But then I would notice, bro, it's like the table is flat, but then these titties like cup over the table. Like there oh, is Tiff a- know what she doing. She's like, dude, I'm trying to be on this Reddit page. <laughs> And she just rests her titties on the table. I think she like just needs grocery a break. bags. Just <laughs> Dude, and it took me a minute to notice that it was the breast assist because it just, I thought it was just, I'm like, oh, that's my friend. It's also because, uh, maybe it's because Tiff, she also posts the most out of everybody. Right? I think it's also because she's a bad bitch. Like, it's weird. I can't see her like that though because I met her when she was super young. Tiff's a bad bitch though. Yeah. She got a good face, big old titties. She young, she fine. She out here? Tiff is 30 now, which blows my mind, man. Really? I was like, oh, fuck. That bitch is 30 years old now, man. Yeah, dude. I, I Googled how old you were before I came here. Yeah, man. 32. Yeah. Wow. 32. Isn't that crazy? Crazy, David. Yeah. <laughs> I'm 32. I'm still, I'm still a I'm actually I'm turning still a baby. My, my, yeah, I am 32. Oh, yeah. fuck, I am 32. Yeah, it's about that age. <laughs> oh, shit. That dude. happens to me all the time. I my fucking back went out yesterday, shit. God damn it. <laughs> old now man i like this age though i think when um i think when i was younger i used to think 30 was super old Mm -hmm. but then if i if somebody asked me right now like hey can't you wouldn't you don't you wish you could go back in time and be younger i'd be like nah because it took me a while to be comfortable in my own skin and that that happened through time yeah i can't go through that anxiety again oh i can't i can't do that shit i can't go through second guessing every single step that i make i'm at a point in my life where i'm I still second guess a lot, but it's nowhere near how it used to be because I'm more solid right now. My foundation is strong. It's like when I say fuck you now, I mean it. <laughs> like, it's crazy. It's, it comes from my spirit. Because you know, you're like, I don't need you. I yeah. have a plan. Here's my five-year plan. And um, I don't see you in this. Go fuck yourself. Yeah, but- it feels fucking good. Like I can say my opinions without worrying too much about the repercussions because I just don't give a fuck. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because before it was like, this is like something small, so. You know, let's say you had a group of friends, right? And this is some shit that always happens in high school. And, you know, if you're in high school and you're listening to this, you know this, you know what's up. You have a group of, like, let's say 10 friends, right? But you know those 10 like, friends in high school? Yeah. I was, wow. I, I was a good guy. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Moses is like, yeah, 10 friends. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, 10. Yeah. Yeah. The fuck was that? That shit move? Yeah, but, 10 know. minus the zero. Yeah, but <laughs> so you're like 10 friends, right? And then there's probably, let's say, eight of them you really like, but two of them you really don't fuck with. Okay. Right? But with those two that you don't fuck with, because you're so worried about the perception of the group and then, you know, keeping things cool, you're just, you keep, you're always nice to them and you always invite them out. Well, guess what, kids? When you move past 18, and you're like in your 30s, those two people are never invited to the cookout, ever, because you don't have to be around people wow. you don't want to be around. In high school, because you have to go to this thing called 
school, you have to be around them 24-7. So you have to look at their face, hear their voice. When you're an adult and you can create your own situations, you can choose who you want to be around. That is what I love about being an adult. Wow. It's like, look at, look at this. I don't like you. Don't come near me. I will shit in your food. <laughs> <laughs> I will literally shit in your food. I will wait for you to have a child just so I could kidnap your kid. Yeah, you lost me at 10 friends. Can't relate. <laughs> I can't. I can't. Yeah, I mean, I, I still, you know, I still kick it with my, with my high school friends to this day. Really? We've, we've have, we have this thing <clears throat> called Friendsgiving, of course, and we've had it since we were 14. God damn. Yeah. I never, I just started, LA's been pretty quiet for me this whole time. This is the first year that like I've nonstop had people to hang out with. And oh my God, David, I'm going home for the first time this year in three years. And like, three years? Yeah, dude, and my schedule is like jam packed. Like there's because, okay, I'm, I am like undoubtedly like at least for maybe like my three years of high school, like those, that span of grades. Um, I'm definitely the, like, I don't like probably, I don't want to say most more successful, but more kind of popular, like outward facing thing, because like I have the following, like I do, you know, shit like this. I'm out in LA. Like a lot of people are still back at home. And so it's really funny that all of these people that really shit on me growing up, like really shitting on me, like now there's kind of like, I don't want to say like a buzz about me like back home because it's okay, a, really, so a really small town. But like suddenly people that didn't want anything to do with me. I'm so proud of you. Y- fucking years ago. They're like, I'm so proud of you. I always knew you're going to make it. Yo, man, you're doing great things. Do you get all the time. Oh my god! And, and, and they and they mm. never they never wanted to do guys work know. your ass off, work your ass off the flex. It feels good. <laughs> Tell them to suck your pussy, you bitches. You I know what? That. Okay, well, <laughs> suck your pussy. <laughs> I like that phrase because it's like suck my dick. But the reason it's so funny because when people do do that, like I've, I, there are people who have literally reached out to me. They go, "Yo, man, high school was a trip, right?" And I'm like, uh, yeah. and I and I look at them and I'm like. Who the fuck are you? Like, I don't even know you. This podcast is brought to you by Raycon, my friends. Are you walking around listening to your lovely podcasts such as Genius Brain with wired earbuds? What are you doing, you idiot? That is uncomfortable. If you're going on long walks, you don't want this wire dangling around your face like a loose hair. You want wireless earbuds and you want premium quality that won't break your bank, but Sounds amazing and looks really dope. Well, that's why you have Raycon, my friends. Raycon just released their best model yet, the E25S's. E25S. They have six hours of playtime, seamless Bluetooth pairing, more bass, and a more compact design that gives you a nice noise-isolating fit. Raycon's wireless earbuds are so comfortable. Perfect for on-the-go listening and for talking on the phone. You could talk on the phone. Dude, if you haven't talked on the phone with wireless earbuds, that stuff is Matrix stuff. It's, number one, I hate putting a phone to my face. And if I could just walk around and relax while just talking through my earbud pieces without a wire, perfect. And Raycon has your back. Unlike some of other wireless options, Raycon earbuds are both stylish and discreet with no dangling wires or stems. You've heard me talk about how the company was co-founded by Ray J and celebrities like Snoop Dogg. Uh-huh. And our steps are obsessed with Raycon. So pick up a pair and see what the hype is all about. Now's the time to get the latest and greatest from Raycon. Get 15% off your order at buyraycon.com slash brain. That's buyraycon.com slash brain for 15% off Raycon wireless earbuds. Buyraycon.com slash brain. 
dude, I had a, there was a guy that uh, sat behind me in social studies for like, because our last names were similar for like years. We never really spoke. One day he followed me on Instagram and I was like, oh, I'll follow him back. And then he just starts responding to every story. And I'm like, we literally never spoke. Exactly. (laughs) High school is a trip, right? What the fuck are you talking about? What does that mean? Yo, I've, uh, this was a while ago, but somebody, you know, Sacramento's not that big of a town. And if you if you if you say some shit, people probably hear. It. That's why when I tell stories from back in Sacramento, I don't use the actual names. Right. It's because it's a small town, you know, where it gets around like that. But um, this guy was going around. I don't even know this dude. Like I kind of remember his face from maybe like a yearbook, or maybe I seen him uh, on school or something in, in, around school and shit. But he was saying some shit like, "Oh, like David's like fucking persona that he puts online. That's some new shit. He was never like that in high school." And I'm like thinking, like, you don't even know me. How would you know this? <laughs> How would you fucking know this? You never had a conversation with me. Like, you never gave me the time of day. Yeah, like, you know what? what I mean? Like, it's like, you never, ever fucking talked to me. I've been the same dude since fucking day one. You know, all my friends know this shit. You know, I've, I've probably gotten a lot louder since I've gotten older because I gave less fucks. Mm. But other than that, it's been the same fucking guy. I mean, you could ask any of my friends from back at home. But this random person who doesn't know me, he wants to gain a little bit of attention and fame by talking shit about me to other people around my thing. And the funny thing is, I'm not a non-confrontational person. <laughs> <laughs> you know? So, you know, and I had to do this a couple of times with people and not to say like I wasn't a fight or throw down. I'm, I'm not going to I'm not confrontational in terms of fist fighting. But if you have a problem, we should be able to talk about it. So I was at a it's not called Vons. It's called Safeway, you know, back in a, in NorCal. So I was at a Safeway. Saw this dude kind of looks. He's kind of like, you know, doing that shifty eye thing, like uh, uh, like whether he should approach me or not. Oh, shit. You know, you know one of those things, right? But, Probably like he wonders, like, does he know? Uh-huh. Does he know I've been talking shit? Yeah. And so like, I just got, I was like, oh, now's my opportunity. I come up. <laughs> I'm like, what's up, bro? He's like, hey, what's up, man? How you doing, dude? It's like, you've been doing big things. Already my blood pressure is starting to rise. And I was like, that's cool, man. I was like, hey, bro, like, I don't even know you like that, but how come you'd like telling all, all these other people that like, I'm not who I am. He's like, no, nah, no, nah, you're getting shit twisted, man. That's not what I said. And I'm like, what is going on with this dude, right? This is like this bitch maidenness in people. Like, if you're going to talk that shit, at least own up to it. My thing is, like, if I talk shit behind your back, you I was, must believe yep. I already said it to your face. Yes. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's exactly what I was going to say. Like, it's not even like, oh, if I talk shit about you, you can approach me and we'll, like, hash it out. Like, no, I've already said it to you. Yeah. In fact, I make sure that I say it to you before... I go say it to anybody else. And if, you know what, if I'm saying it, fuck you. That's probably, <laughs> like, seriously. I, I And I have no problem. If if I get to a point where I'm talking about somebody to somebody else, it means I've exhausted all resources solving the problem with the person. Yeah. And I'm done with it. I'm, vet, I'm venting. I'm fed up. Like, I don't talk shit to talk shit. If I'm talking shit, it's probably to vent. But it's because you fucking pissed me off. We've been trying to work this out. It's not working out. I've told you to go fuck yourself. And here we are. Like, what, how is that talking shit behind your back? I've already said it to the front of your face. Exactly. What is it? We're just not allowed to say anything negative? Yeah. We just can't say anything negative? It's like, no. Yeah. Like, I don't like you. Yeah. I've, I've and that's okay. That's okay. Like, if, if you don't, if we don't, I feel like, I'm try, like, you know what? If I don't like you and I'm talking shit about you, Talk shit back to me yeah, and let's just and let's just hash out. We're like, great, we don't like each other. At least yeah. we're having fun. I get to yell at you, you get to give me constructive feedback. <laughs> Dude, it's, it's funny too, because there's some other people like I I talk mad shit about certain people <laughs> that I really don't like. And it it's it's very rare that I actually dislike somebody, right? So like if right. I do dislike them, I dislike them a lot. But the funny thing is, is like I hear things that they've said about me, which doesn't really affect me. I'm just more like, damn, like you don't like me like that? That's cool. 
right? It's like, I never liked you too, but you're going out of your way to talk that shit. But the fat, funny thing is they forget you talk shit. I could talk shit way better than you. So let's, <laughs> let's, let's get it. Let's do this shit. Right. So it shit gets a little out of hand. And then all of a sudden I receive a message through somebody else because they can't confront me. They tell one of our mutual friends, yo, just tell David it's all love, man. That it's all good. No, now I'm just gonna do it more. Now I'm gonna do it ten times more. You, you, you fucked up. Like, don't give me, don't give me ammo. Don't give me ammo to know that it affects you like that on the daily. Yeah, because I'm, I'm doing it for sport and fun. But if it's hurting your feelings, now I like it even more. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I mean, I have to say though, too, I'm in this, I'm in this point in my life where I think in my early twenties, I would, I was like very emotional and very reactive. Yeah, and very people pleasery, just like a lot of. Un- favorable qualities and i was always stressed out always always stressed out and like now i'm in this spot where everything i want my life to be as stress free as possible like if i don't like you i'm probably just gonna i'll probably either stop talking to you or i've actually i think like just last year or like the beginning of the year i had a girl that we were really close for six months um she was a really bad compulsive liar and it was stressful for me because i don't want to have to I don't want to have to feed. Like, when we speak, I know what you're saying is true. There's no extra thought in it. I had to put everything that she said through a filter of, is she telling me the truth? And, I mean, that coupled with a few other things, I was just over it. And so, like, I kind of stopped talking to her, and she kept probing. And eventually, I was like, hey, um, we've talked about this. It's an issue. I don't, this feels kind of like a toxic friendship. I'm like, I care about you, but you know, and I kind of, I literally broke up with a friend and I try to do things in the the least stress-free way possible because I don't want to deal with it later. I, yeah. re- I don't want that. I Damn, I'm more like, let's talk the shit out. What's up? Well, <laughs> well, well we tried. Like, we- I don't, I don't have that thing of like, hey, <laughs> it's like even with breakups, right? Even if I did have a great breakup, let's say like we split, uh, I'm just like, uh, whatever happens to you, I could give a fuck less. And I was just like, be with God. Be, be with God. Be yeah, with that's God. Oh my God. That's going to be my 2020 thing. Like if you are not additive to my life, go be with God. Yeah, go with God. <laughs> go with God. Be you. Go with God. I'm taking that, dude. <laughs> that's my shit, dude. Uh, go with Go, go with God. God. Yeah. Like I'm like I, I don't know if it's because and I'm finding that a lot of people aren't on this wavelength that I have where it's just more not like my wavelength is better, but it's more like if if I don't like you, if you fucking died, I don't care. It's like I literally could care. And that's like the most unchrist like thing about me, which yeah. I'm tr- maybe I'm trying to fix a little bit because I'm trying to be more Jesus like here. Yeah, I know. But if I like, thought you were the anointed one, David. I am, but like like I said, I if I fuck with you, I fuck with you. Uh-huh. But if you have wronged me deeply, mm. if you died, I would shed a tear of joy. <laughs> I would sit there. <laughs> I would find where you live, <clears throat> wait for you to die. And then right before you pass away, I would look into your eyes. I would reach out my hand and clasp your hand and say, you know what? You deserve this. (laughs) Shut the fuck up. I would would go away. Then I would show up at the funeral. They would be buried. I would get a man to make hardwood floors above his grave, put on tap shoes, and then start river dancing (laughs) all over the thing. While yelling, you got what you deserved. And then I would chisel on his gravestone. Fucking David. Be with God. Be with God. Go with God. Go with God. <laughs> I'm a I'm a petty man, man. I feel like uh, like pettiness is the thing that keeps me going. I don't fucking know why. It's my shit, dude. It makes me happy. It makes me happy. But I mean, like, if that's your that, 
I don't know. You can't relate, David. Petty Wop, dude. That's what they call me. Petty Wop. <laughs> they call me Petty Wop, oh dude. Oh, my gosh. That's who the fuck I am. I have to, I have to, like, okay, I've also, I also went on this new, see, I feel like we're very different in this sense because, like, David, I gotta live that stress-free life. Like, I want it, like, I just. Oh, for sure. It's like, I think your route is very, very healthy. <laughs> It's super healthy. But your round is pleasurable. <laughs> it's very pleasurable. And the thing is, like, I don't stress about it either. You know what I mean? Like, when, when like, somebody I dislike comes up to me or if we have a confrontation, it happens in that moment and then I move on. It's just, like, in the moment, I'm in the moment and then I'm like, oh, life goes on. I think that's how my parents solve things, though. Like, I've always seen yeah. my parents get into, like, these huge fights and shit's all bad. And then after it's solved, they're just like, hmm. <laughs> and then they walk off and then life's good I, I'm like that too but and you know what I kind of like had to like dive in and I was talking to somebody about this the other day actually I think I was talking about it on the girls podcast um, where basically like look here's the thing I'm at a point where I've been through so much shit like really bad shit you mm-hmm. know and I'm a very sensitive person so any of my bad situations oh, yeah <laughs> I, they get they get magnified like times four but I think that's great because I haven't had to go through any like insane traumas or issues I just had to deal with some unfavorable things but I felt them a lot more deeply I feel like than some people do and because of that when little arguments arise or something I don't have time for it I absolutely do not have time for it. Oh, yeah. Like, and I think that's why they say like shit like that comes with age because when you're younger, you haven't, you haven't dealt with a lot of bumps in the road. So every bump in the road feels so traumatic. But yeah. as we get older, we've like, I last year, I literally lost my job without notice while I'm out in California, a single woman with no savings. I was yeah. like, that's fucking scary. And then compared to if somebody wants to talk shit to me on Twitter, I do not give a fuck. Like I've yeah. been through worse stuff. And I think that's like for all of us. <laughs> it's interesting because I, I know like when, you know, when social media happens, I don't think a lot of people are ready for the type of what's the word I'm looking for? Toxic environment social media is right. Yeah. Um, because we we want to take all the good from something, but we don't want to recognize the bad. Right. And so when you put yourself out there in, in like specifically social media, right, um, you're, you're putting yourself out there to be judged constantly. And that's just the space that you're in. You have to have the, the, the right mental fortitude to understand that this is what this space is meant for. It is. Like if you come out here and you you for example if you're young and you go I want to be YouTube famous and you just you fucking drink in all these great comments, then there's one comment that says your fucking shit is dumb, <laughs> and then you dwell on this one negative comment and it eats you up on the inside. It's because you didn't prepare yourself mentally for what the real world what, was like. Yes, what's out there? You know what's funny? I so similarly to that I. <laughs> <laughs> I was watching there's this there's been this uprising of commentary channels that are not well it was commentary now they're just criticism channels. Yeah. Anytime something happens there's like a a, a slew of YouTubers that have to talk about it and it's usually pretty intense and one of the big topics that's come up has been have you seen Lily Singh's show? Oh, uh, her, her late night show? Yeah. Um I have not and is it bad? You got to watch the videos, man. People are tearing it apart. And and people made a really great point. Lily's thing was this YouTuber that came up 10 years ago. She amassed 15 million followers, Sheesh. all of her fans. And they told her, Lily, you're great. Lily, you're amazing. Lily, 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 Lily. Then the real world comes out. And then she goes into traditional media and they're like, you can't host. You can't tell jokes. You can't write. 
you can't do this and your audience is all kids, but we gave you something that's more adult facing, like a talk show, but your entire audience is like under 15 and they don't want to watch this. Yeah. And and it just it didn't mesh. And it's like, I don't know if she was ready to go into traditional media well, it's because she was drinking her own fucking Kool-Aid. The oh, whole time. shit. That's what it was. I feel like there's a lot of YouTubers that that's, do that. That's not just her, too, by the way. If you guys are shitting on that, that's all of you, dude. That's me included. <laughs> we, we get caught up in our own fucking bullshit all the time, right? And we gas ourselves up. We think we're dope. That's why I always like to tell myself, David, so you are not shit. And the reason why is because I need to be on my fucking toes. Yeah, I, I hear that. I need to be on my toes. Like, it's not a bad thing for me to say I will never be a Dave Chappelle stand-up ever, you know? Yeah. It's just me recognizing certain things and the number one is how much time am I going to dedicate to this and do I really have the the innate ability to do this like yes I, I need to figure this stuff out yeah and it's okay if you don't have it you'll be great at other things and you know what else is amazing to me how many youtubers don't take formal training oh they like, refuse they think they're the shit yeah they it, and they're like well I've already got all these views I've got all this I'm great and it's like but you need to be prepared for these other things what about when you don't do YouTube forever they're not thinking about that though and, I think, but you know what I think also, like, to an extent, we have to drink our own Kool-Aid because every, I don't know if y'all know this, every, like, I I was going to say every, I will say like 80% of YouTubers are fucking sad. I mean, like, depressed. Very, they're always looking back at their peak and saying, oh, I'm going to get back to that. You know, whatever it was that made me famous. But that thing that made you famous five years ago, it's not a trend anymore. So you have to do something new. Yeah, you you have to. And they're looking back at their past. They're looking at their numbers. Like, to an extent, our lives every day. And I think you and I, like, we've kind of gone paths where we're not looking at it as much. But for some people, every day their life is defined by a number, whether it be their likes, their YouTube views, their Twitter likes, their brand deal numbers, Mm -hmm. their comment, everything. Their entire persona is rated on a scale of one to a thousand or, you know, something like that that shit is so unhealthy but so many of us go into this because we're insecure because we're damaged and then we have to drink our kool-aid a little bit but you got to take it with a grain of salt you can't tie your entire ego to these people that don't really know you telling you you're the best person ever and you can do anything here's the thing like you know with somebody like lily singh um I, i saw a couple of videos back in the day and, you know, when I say a couple of videos, I mean it's literally like two or three videos. Like, that's really about it. Not because I'm hating on a motherfucker. Blow that shit. <laughs> <laughs> Not because... <laughs> there it is. <laughs> I like a woman that just blows her nose. All right, here we go. That's tight. But not because, like... What the fuck was I saying? Oh, with Lily saying. Not yeah. because, like, I'm a, I'm a hater or something. It's because I, if I like something, I'll continue to watch it. But I'll give it a couple of tries, right? Right. And so... With Lily, I can understand definitely why her stuff. When I found out that she had a late night show, I, I could have thought of a lot of different people who would have done a way better job. And not because I'm hating on her. It's like you said, like her average demographic has to be from the age two to like 14. So what the fuck was a late night show going to do for her? I, I mean, it and was. And for her to think that she was going to kill it on that stage oh. also shows a little no self-awareness. I mean, it, and it's a big job. It's like, yes, it's, it's, it's a, a big, big I think job. you're like on set, what, daily for 10 hours? You're essentially the showrunner. I mean, that's a, 
God, that's such a big jump. And then also, like, maybe back up. Like, I'm a big proponent of taking classes, you know, work. I'm sure she's taken a million and a half classes. But, like, but, you know, I also feel for her, too, because she came into YouTube in the golden era and everyone hyped her up. And you know what else is kind of fucked up? I genuinely believe the network predominantly picked her because I've been in this situation before because she is a, a minority female. And she's pretty. Yeah, she's beautiful. Yeah. Like, they... It's almost like sometimes people use us, particularly minority females, because they're like, great, this slots in perfectly. This makes it look good. Yeah. Like, number one, aside from her sitting in her own room talking to herself, what was her crowd work that she's ever done before? Aside from doing these concerts of little children that come to see her go up on stage and do these terrible raps. Like, when, when is, what was her pedigree? You know what I mean? Did she, was she a stand-up comic? Does she do improv shows? Like, what? what is it? Right? Interesting. How many, is every Tonight Show going to be her doing an Indian accent of her parents? Like, oh, what What did you think was going to happen? And when I saw that stuff, and I think I said on a JK News, I'm like, I didn't know it was doing that terrible, right? But I, feel, I said, like, I'm not sure if I was mentioning her, but there were certain YouTubers, like, for example, like Grace Helbig. Yeah. Like, she was, when she did her show, her show bombed. And it was two, it was years ago. Really? Like she, she, did, oh, she, oh. she went linear to, like, a What sh- network was it on? I can't remember, but it was a talk show. It was on billboards everywhere in Hollywood. Oh, really? And she bombed. And I felt like sometimes people are setting up these people to fail a little bit. But it's because, and that's what's fucked up. I think probably with Grace Helbig, if it was a big network, like she's really big. And they're like, oh, she's going to give us numbers. And then. But you have to set it up right, though. Exactly. And then for Lily Singh, they were like, okay, she's a YouTuber. She's a minority and she's female. Perfect. And they kind of set her up to fail. Yeah. Because anybody should have seen like, hey, we need to tighten this up, you know? Another thing with uh, Colleen Berenger, uh, Miranda Sings, they gave her a Netflix show because Netflix wanted to use her for her viewership and her demographic. They were like, this woman is going to pull in this new audience. And then when they didn't do the work to bridge the traditional and the YouTube, because that's Netflix's job. They, They have to. When they didn't do the work to bridge those two. Then they said, oh, those YouTubers have a shelf life. Oh, those YouTubers can't make it in traditional. No, you got to curate it like you curate all your other talents. Exactly. Why? And, and, and here you have this person that you can really leverage. Like Lily, leverage her. Colleen, leverage her. But they expect them to do all of the work and they expect the followers to just come. And where are the marketing dollars behind these shows too? Yeah, exactly. Where are they? You know, like, I don't, I don't understand. I think it's also the networks failing the creators and then they want to say, then the traditional media wants to say like, oh, YouTubers can't make it. It doesn't work. And if we're talking about this, because I know I I read that comment multiple times. Let's talk about Lily Singh's talk show, which is so funny. I didn't, I didn't even look into it because I didn't, I thought that was like a. Wait, you had a comment on this? Because I'm always asking like, what's, what's the next podcast that you want me to do? Oh shit, I just brought it up. (laughs) And they talked about the Lily Singh thing, but I didn't know that it was a hot topic recently. I thought it was like, oh wait, she's had a talk show for a while now. So I'm like. Like, oh, is there something new with it? I didn't really look into it, but I didn't know it was like getting roasted like that. Well, it's you know what? I'm gonna be honest. Like it, like I feel like we're like we're not even like roasting it right now. We're kind of like singeing on it. But these these criticism channels are really roasting it. But they are also using her for their viewership too. Of course, you know, like when we brought this up, we're just using it as a conversation piece because we know about both sides of the industry. I work so heavily with traditional media. And, you know, you're literally doing you, you yeah. out here doing a lot of shit. Um, I I really think that there is a disconnect with these companies. Yeah, they should have had her like on, I think, a great linear thing was her being on like Sesame Street first. Like not as a joke. 
like if she has a younger audience because they always bring in celebrities for Sesame that, Street, right? How dope would it have been for her to be a guest probably, on Sesame Street? And they have the connections to do that. Or if NBC, NBC has a great PR team. If NBC reaches out to a YouTuber with a similar crossover audience, have her do collabs. Have her do yeah. 20 collabs before the show launches. Drum up some hype. That is their responsibility and they're not doing their due diligence. And then they just blame it on the creators. Yeah, because I saw the, the few videos that I saw were this. Uh, it was one she was doing uh, she, she imitates her parents a lot, anything, which I thought was like funny for the first like, you know, first time. And then I saw a second video; she did the same thing. I was like, "Oh, she's just gonna do this until it, it gets beat to the ground." And then um, I saw her on the Daily Show with Trevor Noah, and that's when I was like, "This girl does is not very good outside of her own camera," because she was trying to do these jokes like on the Daily Show right over everybody's head because it was terrible. Her jokes were so bad. And I was like, oh. And then when I found out on JK News that she was going to get her own talk show, I was like, did they not see her on The Daily Show? She's not ready for this. But they also, that's not her audience. They're instead (laughs) of... Also, she's just she's just really bad at jokes. Like it's terrible. It was it was like the, the jokes were fucking terrible. It was like it's it's like she always laughing to make sure just to try to get the crowd to laugh with her. But it was so bad. Yeah, but she also like I think her I, I I haven't really like caught up on the whole show. I just saw clips from it. But I think that they have her do kind of a stand up thing in the beginning, and no, somebody she's writes not a her jokes. Fucking comic, but man. that's also the thing, dude. She does skits. She does skits. You guys have the dollars for it. Do skits. Like, yeah. like skip the segment, like do just do a skit to open every other week it, fucking bats shoot them. They know that they can do that. And like, I don't, I don't get it. In my opinion, I think it's the networks failing them and the networks wanting to use these creators for their demographic and the audience they bring in, but they're not helping. They just want to have them do all the work. And when it doesn't work out, they blame. It also could be on, on her end too of her once again, not being self-aware. And she probably sold herself as this person that could do everything. It's like, I got this. This is cake. This is easy. So they maybe they probably fucking bought some of her bullshit too. Because I know with some of these meetings, like these guys, they talk about themselves so big, you know? Yeah. They, they're not grounded. They don't see that shit. Like, oh, this might be hard. Like I, I, I did a recent show on, uh, on Netflix. And prior to, I know that what I'm doing on this show is something that I've done constantly, right? But it doesn't mean that I wasn't fucking nervous. Like I sat there and I was like, okay, I got to make sure that I kill this. I need to make sure that I know what's going on. So I did my due diligence. I sat down. I saw <clears throat> the other productions of shows that they've done that's similar to this. So I got the vibe and the feel of it. I got to know who the, who the co-host was. And I'm sitting there doing my research. I'm not going in there thinking that I'm going to kill it and knock it out the park. I'm praying that that'll happen. But I have to make sure that I'm on top of my game, Right. But a lot of the times with some of these YouTubers, they're given so fucking much, they're not grounded. They don't know what it's really like. Yeah, that's fair. And how it's supposed to be. So on her end too, maybe, you know, I'm just playing the other side. Like maybe for her, she was like, oh, this is going to be cake. Like I got this shit. I'm funny. People laugh. I get millions of likes all the time. That's cool. You're on a different platform now. So what are you going to do? And that's the thing. Like you have to be well versed in this thing. I couldn't think that my YouTube acting was good enough when I went to go do my own film. I didn't. I got linked up with my friend Justin, who showed me the ropes. He worked on my fucking acting, and I made sure that I had to knock it out the fucking park. Got into Sundance, flex, and then we had, <laughs> and then. But people don't understand the work it took to get there. You know what I mean? I knew how bad I was like at acting. I was good at five minute sketches. Now, how do I take that and do a fucking hour and a half film? Yeah, you know what I mean. Like uh, yeah. humble yourself. Yeah, but I mean, like I'm also, I I agree and disagree with that, David. 
I'm, I'm agreeing to disagree um, because I'm a big I'm a big fake it till you make it person. Like, yeah. for example, the job that I have right now, I am. I feel like I am so underqualified for this job. But you are qualified, though. I I've but that's the thing. I grew into it. I grew into it and I did grow into it very quickly because I was so scared. But like when the opportunity presented itself, I jumped on it and I had to huff myself up and say, like, yeah, I could do this. But when I got into the position of it, like similarly with the Lily thing, I was like, okay, what classes do I need to take? What courses do I need to take? What do I need to do? Like, okay, I got it. Now let me make sure I live up to those expectations. And so I I see what you're saying. But not like, everybody's you, though. You know I, what I'm saying? Like, and I also, too, people don't know you're actually a very thorough and diligent person. You have shit, David. but you already have shit booked out. I don't even book shit. Yeah, I mean, I just see what happens. My life is literally sawdust and I throw it in the fucking wind. You know what I mean? And then I see what happens. I just, you, has anything grown? Yeah, you know what I say with be with God? That's also, I say to myself. <laughs> you know? I, I look at the mirror, I'm like, yo, you fucking fuck be with God. Because I throw my shit out. You, on the other hand, are a very methodical person. You, 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 you're not a very haphazard human being. I'm really? not sure if you know this about yourself. You're not very haphazard. You have goals. You set things up and you make sure things happen. I don't really have that. I have to though. Exactly. But that's you. There's not yeah. a lot of people who do that. There's not everybody in this world who actually has set plans, set goals, and they find the exact way to tackle it. If it doesn't, they shift and they move and they move and they move and they move. <laughs> that's you. You are not a free – you are not as this free bird. You know what I mean? Your life is a grid, dude. You know what I'm saying? And you fucking plug shit in. It's so funny. Also, what a great compliment. <laughs> it is you. But... That's what I'm saying. I'm I'm trying to take a little piece of what you do, but for some reason, I can't do it. Like even with the podcast, right? The funny thing is, like these commenters, they got my ass. They're like, well, "Why don't you tell us you're going to do this?" I'm like, "Fuck!" <laughs> I'm like, That's right. I should have done that shit. I didn't think about it though. You know so what I mean? Funny. They're like, "Why don't you at least tell us you're going to do a podcast instead of just switching it up?" I'm like. Mm, that would have been really smart <laughs> you know what I mean <laughs> but I didn't really do that yeah and so like I, I think like you're I think that comparison to yourself which I hope most people can be like that but it's very hard for people to do what you do it's it's not easy because a lot of us are just so scatterbrained a, a lot of people are huh. even some people who say that they're organized I look at them I'm like you're as organized as I am dude which means you are not organized yeah, I, mean. I, I feel like I'm not really organized, though. I'm just more so, like, goal-oriented and, like, overly determined. That's very like, good. Like, overly <laughs> determined. Man, I... I mean, I got a little roasted too because I, on the JK News, I, you know, Lily Singh, she, she wrote a book about, it's like how to be a unicorn or something, right? It was like this book, it was like a life experience book, right? And I'm like, How to be a boss? That's how to be a, oh, is it a boss? Yeah, it's a book. Yeah. But yeah. then in my mind, I'm like, What have you done? <laughs> you know, like, just from an adult from an yeah. adult perspective, it's like, what have you lived? And but what you have know you what done? that book is for, right? It's for little kids. No, it's for that means that she look, David. You know, other side of the industry. She got an agent. Her agent said, "Okay, we hire a ghostwriter for ten thousand dollars. You tell them about your life, and now we sell the book, and now we make one hundred and fifty thousand or five hundred thousand yeah. dollars. And me, as the agent, I take my hundred thousand dollar cut. And you're going to do this because of that. That's why all of this random shit comes out. If you have a YouTuber that you really like, and suddenly they have a, a self-help book or a new hockey club or a new, like a new they just got an agent that's what it is the agent 
just signed on and the agent wants 20% or 10%, whatever it may be. That's where all that shit comes from. 100%, but for her case, I don't think that's what it was. <laughs> you think? I think for her, she she was like sucking her own pussy. That's oh, God damn it, David. I, like, I just like clenched up. Well, I was I'm like, trying to be, I, I don't want to say suck Ew. my own dick because that, that's that's too, I'm trying to be progressive. You know what I'm saying? Hell she, no, David. It's 2019 to suck in her own dick. Say cock uh, if you oh, want. Oh, you know what? I'm fucking up. Sucking her own clit. That sounds better. <laughs> She's over here like sucking her own clit. You know I hate what I mean? it. And I feel like she does feel like she has something. Well, she does to a younger audience. Like I, like I said, I don't. I'm, I'm not hating on the chick though. But you know, this is just like me thinking about like what it is to be in her head right now. You know, going through something like this, and it's maybe a, a little learning lesson for us. Like you know, that or just be like somebody like me who just doesn't give a fuck. Just reach, reach, constantly reach. And if people tell you you're out of line, be like, fuck you, bitch. Keep walking. Just keep walking and doing your own thing. But once again. I'm also somebody who doesn't have her views. I don't have her viewership. I don't have her reach either. So she's like, she's way beyond me, you know? I, I get that. I get that. That's that's Lily Singh, dude. I don't know. I, I, think we, I, I think we agreed to disagree a little bit on that topic. Yeah, for sure. I agree with you, though. I fucks with that, though. I don't actually disagree with you. God. I feel like that's how it is for most people. I just don't think it's her her case. God, I love when I have conversations with people and we don't agree about the same thing, but like we're still li- like actively listening to it. Is that, that's so whack. I'm at the age where I'm like, wow, I love active listening and dynamic conversations. No, like, that's, why I get, <laughs> you know, that's why sometimes I get sucked up into the whole Twitter thing because I, I expect people to do that, to disagree without using attacking words. Yeah. Right? And they sometimes people say dumb shit. And then if I say like, yo, this is why it's incorrect. And they come out and... Like I talked about this on a video recently where people don't know how to prove their point without bringing in like superfluous shit. So for example, this is what a lot of people do online. You and I have a disagreement, right? Mm -hmm. It'll be, let's say about the color blue, right? Uh, Or let's say it's, 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 I don't know, uh, is white a color? Let's say that's the topic, right? I'll be like, uh, white is not a color, right? And you'll be like, yes, white is a color. I was like, no, white white isn't a color because of this, this, and this, right? And then you would say, well, you probably you don't like white people because you're an Asian man and white people are, did some other shit to you, so it's a racial thing. It's like, where did that come from? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? So a lot of the times when people argue, they get caught up in their feelings and they bring up all these random stuff that are hot topics or like social justice issues and they make it into this bigger universal issue right. to bolster their argument to get an emotional support. And I fucking hate that because nobody ever addresses what's being said. Like I had a I, – I talked about my opinion about like crazy K-pop fandom. Right. Yeah. Which I think I'm okay to say an opinion about that. I'm a Korean man. I listen to <laughs> Korean music. I covered Korean music. I've been asked to do like these Korean idol like singing shows, which I said no. Like I've I've I know a lot of people in the Korean music industry, and I state my opinion about Korean K-pop fandom, and their argument is, well, you don't know about this shit because blah 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 blah. Everybody thinks that we're all this this and that 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 that, and I'm like, okay, we're talking about two different things. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm talking about my opinion about what K-pop fandom is, and then you're talking about you being made fun of because you like K-pop. <laughs> so, you know, and the funny thing about – and my biggest issue with, like, hardcore K-pop fans, they actually think that they're an oppressed group the way they talk about when they're being made fun of for like – Well, they are, they are oppressed, but for other reasons. Exactly. And But the thing is is that – uh, for them, K-pop is their identity. It's their escape. And when you and when you attack K-pop, when you attack K-pop, you think you're attacking a thing. But they see you as attacking their sense of self. Which is stupid. But I mean, that's that's what it is. But that's the problem though, right? It's like they go, but well, is it us, a problem? As, us as a group, it's like, 
You are not a religion. You are not a race. You are not an oppressed group. But is There's it a problem nothing... or is it at their coping mechanism, David? Get the fuck out of your own ass <laughs> is what I'm saying, right? Because it's it's with this one specific music genre. Right. You know what I mean? And it's like you have to learn how to separate that thing eventually. I'm talking about yeah. adults. If you're a young teenager, I understand you're going yeah. through your shit. Yeah, yeah. If you're a fucking adult and you haven't separated those two, that people can dislike what you like and not saying I don't like you as a person – Grow the fuck up. Yeah, I I do agree with that. That's what it is. At 14, 15 year olds, because that's what I think a lot of like the K-pop fandom are like, that's fine. You get a pass. You're young. It's your coping mechanism. But for adults, I say more so it's not healthy. Um, you, you, you can't put your identity and a lot of, dude, there's a lot of people early twenties, late twenties that their identity is not them. Their identity is a thing and it's completely tied to that thing. Sometimes somebody's identity is their entire sexuality. And so when, you know, the LGBTQ community gets attacked, they are under attack fully or they, I mean, there's a lot of people that do that. They tie their interests into their ego and it's not healthy for them. And that's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> that is exactly you word it so much better. That's what I mean by you are like you are you I, are not your interests. Exactly. You are you. You yeah. know what I mean? And the, it's so fucking unhealthy to identify yourself as something as fleeting as a genre of music. Yeah. Right? Because everything becomes a personal attack now. It goes, you don't like this person? Well, fuck you. Let me tell you something about this. Asian men are attractive. Where are you going with this? <laughs> Nobody's talking about that. And even if they didn't find Asian men attractive, people are allowed to have their fucking opinions. I'm, that's that's a lot. That's something that people don't really vibe with. I think a lot. People say that you're allowed to have your opinion, but you only say that if it only coincides with yours. Yeah, that's that's problematic for me. Yeah, because I can have an opinion whether you, I think your opinion is stupid or not, but I could still fuck with you as a human being, and that's okay. Yeah, and I just people would I wish people would understand that a little more. Well, it also like it also comes from the fact that people that tend to absorb a thing as their identity, it comes from not liking themselves first. Mm. So the the step. The step-by-step process for that is incredibly difficult because first they have to separate themselves from this thing that they love. And usually that happens naturally. It doesn't happen consciously. It becomes, oh, I'm not really, I'm 28 now. I don't like K-pop as much. So then they separate from that thing and now they're just lost. But you first have to separate yourself from that thing. And now you're kind of lost in the ether. Now you have to go back to, well, maybe I need to stop hating myself. Then to, I feel okay with myself. Then to, I love myself. And so there's a lot of steps in between to get to that point. And that's incredibly difficult for people to do, nonetheless even recognize that they're doing. Fucking recognize that shit already, right? <laughs> I know and it's David's a very like, get it together! <laughs> I, I know it's a very difficult process, but like, I just need, I just want, not need, I want people to at least acknowledge it. Acknowledge that problem. <laughs> you know what I feel like? You know that you know that um, Key and Peele skit where there's a, it's Obama's anger translator? Yes. I feel like I'm your calm translator. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. Because I'm trying to help you. You know what I mean? Because I, I used to be like that too. <laughs> Me I'm, too. I'm trying to help Me you. Me too. And you know what? I wonder, like this is going to sound really whack. I, it may not be true, but I'll throw this thought out there. I wonder if we're also kind of mad at them because we see ourselves in no, that. No, that's exactly what it is. And we're like, I got through that. You need to get through that shit too. I always But to say an this. extent, David, it's because you care. Oh, for sure. I always say this too. The qualities that we hate in somebody else is the qualities that we see in ourselves. Yep, I agree. Yep. A hundred percent. damn it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's really what it is. So when I see that, like for example, 
like um, it, it goes as far as this where you guys take personal experiences and you think that somebody's shitting on your personal experience. Like for example, uh, like say uh, you know Nikki loves Eminem, right? Yeah. Um, I'm not using this. Ne- this never happened, but I'm using this as an example, like a fake example. Let's say Nikki loves Eminem, right? Yeah. And I go like, I don't think Eminem's that dope of a rapper. And then her response would be like, He helped me prevent myself from killing myself. He helped me through my dark times. I don't give a fuck. Yeah, I don't care. That's your personal experience. Right. I'm just telling you that it did. It, I don't like it. Yeah. What's the problem? Nobody's shitting up. Nobody's shitting on you that K-pop, Eminem, fucking Tupac, whatever helped you in a dark place. That's your personal experience. Yeah. But not everybody has to share that experience, and not everybody yeah, can see that. Yeah. 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 And I, that's okay. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> all right. If you guys want me to sing Korean music, I sing Korean music all day, motherfucker. Go ahead. Uh, oh shit! Don't put me on the spot, bitch. Come on, man. Uh, uh, Tell us a joke. Uh, Tell us a joke. You know how people do that with stand-up comedians? They're like, say, do something funny, funny, man. I fucking hate that. <laughs> we'll sing dude. a song, oh, David. You're, you're a comic. Oh, can you tell me a joke? Make me laugh. Make me laugh. Okay. You were born. Boom. <laughs> That's a joke. Excuse me. Fuck you. You gotta have your... <laughs> David, I'm having such an allergy attack right now. My nose is so itchy. <laughs> My nose is really red, isn't it? I don't think so. I can't tell. Okay. Yeah, you look fine. Thank you, David. And the plus, we're far enough where I make sure that people always look good. Oh, shit. <laughs> I don't, got Hell that, yeah, I don't even got that zoom in shit. Oh, you know my God. Mean? And the reason why we have the camera like this is I think people really... <laughs> This bitch blew her nose and a vein popped out the side of her head. Like, <laughs> I make sure it looks like people are in the conversation that they're just sitting right there. Hello, camera. That's what it is. Hello. That's some see, this is how people should speak to each other. It's like agree and disagree. Yeah. I like this. Oh yeah, because fuck you, David. No, fuck you. Fuck dude. you, no, David. Fuck you. No, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Well, guys, this wraps this episode of the Genius Brain Podcast. Wait. Well, guys, this wraps this episode of the Genius Brain Podcast. Make sure you follow me on Instagram because it's my only social platform, Big Boss Bose. And then make sure you follow my uh, guest, my special guest today. David, where can they find you? <laughs> they can find me at Davis So Comedy or the Genius Brain Podcast. Like, what the fuck? That's good, dude. Yo, but check... Next year, Bose is gonna be working on some shit. Oh, so keep your motherfucking shit. eye open, man. Because until then, I'm taking all her shit on my podcast. <laughs> yeah, dude, everything. I gotta, yo. When we do another episode, I got. I might tell you what I do for work. Nobody knows. I I spill all my tea on David's podcast. I fucking love it. But <laughs> catch us on iTunes. If you see us on iTunes, give it that five star. Write comments below. Converse. I want to hear your thoughts about everything. See you on the next episode, motherfuckers. Love yourself. Suck your own clit suck your own suck dick suck your own dick yes I can't it's too small anyways guys I'll see you next time bye Peace.